as a founder and as a CEO, it is on you uh, as an entrepreneur to be able to decipher what matters most. And so we've always really tried to make informed decisions for the mission. That is the voice of the youngest female CEO to ever take a company public. And she'll be giving us seven super tips on today's Super You podcast. Thank you for joining us for today's Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Qualman, but most of you know me as Equal Man. Sorry for any sound quality issues we have today, but I am within tented pillows. So I am in Colombia, the country. That's right. My wife and her family are from Colombia. Beautiful country, beautiful people, and amazing food. If you ever get the chance to come here, please come on down to Colombia. But, I mean, I can't say enough about this country. It's interesting. Uh, someone called me the other day to give a keynote. So, as you know, I give a lot of keynotes around the world. And they said, Eric, you're, you're great. You know, you had the highest ratings we've ever had of a speaker. We want to have you come back, but we can't have you because you're male, pale, and stale. Uh, because the DEI movement, a lot of the speakers they have to show, they said, we have to show diversity on stage. And I said, well, diversity is not really the color of your skin. It's diversity of thought. Um, and that's a whole other podcast. It's a whole other podcast. But when someone said to me from our office, said, well, you're raising your kids in a biracial marriage. I never really thought that. I actually just thought of my wife, Anna. I never thought she's she's Hispanic, of course, being from Colombia, but I never really thought it in that way till that person said that. They said, well, you're raising your kids in a biracial house. And I go, well, I'm just raising my kids. But when they said that and the person on the phone heard that, that all of a sudden I'm a candidate to be able to speak at their event, which to me makes no sense. Again, that's a whole nother podcast, but I just thought it'd be just a, a quick assignment but in short, Colombia's amazing. I'm a big fan of travel. So now that the pandemic, we're working our way through the pandemic, we can travel again. Definitely take advantage of traveling the world. It opens your eyes. It opens your mind, especially as all you entrepreneurs out there that are listening and entrepreneurs. Just get out and explore the world. Speaking of exploration, today we have Whitney Wolf Heard. I'm going to give a little more background on her than other guests just because she has such a fascinating one. And a lot of you may have never heard of her, even though she's the youngest female at the age of 31, the youngest female to ever take a company IPO. But Whitney was born in Salt Lake City, Utah. And unlike a lot of our guests who have really hard backgrounds, really tough areas in which they grew up in and were economically challenged. Uh, and a lot of that, those people become successful because they want to prove something to someone or prove something to the world or have to work a little harder just to do some of the more simple things that some of us take for granted. And with that grit and grind, they become successful. Now, Whitney's a little different. She was born in Salt Lake City, Utah. And there she grew up. And her father was a property developer and her mother was a housewife. And according to Whitney, you know, her child was a happy, relatively normal one. And she says that having a stay-at-home mom made growing up great because, you know, she always had someone there. And after graduating from high school, Whitney went on to attend Southern Methodist University, SMU, uh, where she was an international studies major. Now, professionally, she's a former Tinder executive. And in 2012, heard started working for the dating app Tinder and 
it, it's known for its swiping, right? Leftward, rightward swipes. And she says she came up with the name Tinder. She's a co-creator of Tinder. And she was the vice president of marketing at Tinder during the period of huge user growth. Tinder was massive uh, for the platform among young people. And when Whitney was still at Tinder, uh, Justin Mateen, her direct superior, began pursuing her romantically. The couple dated for a short while before they began having problems. When the relationship ended, Justin started calling Whitney awful names, often right in front of CEO Sean Rad, like in the meeting. Can you imagine that? Someone calling you awful names, your boss in a meeting to the CEO. And Mateen even went as far as to send Whitney a memo stating that she would need to to stay away from other men for at least six months. So in short, there's a lawsuit. Whitney wound up winning that lawsuit, as you can expect. And and then Mateen was suspended from the company. But of the 500 wealthiest people in the world, fewer than 5% are self-made women. And so that's what makes it even more incredible, the story of Whitney Wolf Heard, who took Bumble. So she started Bumble, which some of you may know is a dating app. Um, but she started Bumble, which the taglines, women make the first move. So she wanted kind of a kinder, gentler dating app, a kinder, gentler social media app. And so I think she's amazing. So listen to her advice here and hopefully you get a lot out of today's show. And thanks again for always tuning in. The show's designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that's within all of us. All of us are superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape. So my hope is these seven super tips that are given us today will help give you the courage to wear the cape. Now, Whitney, you've done an incredible job of building a brand, which is so hard to do in the super competitive world. So hard to build a competitive brand. Uh, what advice do you have or how did you achieve this? Your brand really forms around your mission. And I think that if you are really true to your mission and you stay very rooted to achieving that mission, your brand and your values and your culture and everything else really start to form around that. So of course, we've had a lot of ups and downs along the way, which any entrepreneur will have, and you can never expect for the journey to be perfect or linear or easy. But if you really just try to say, what is my Northern star? Where do I really put that pin in the map? and work backwards from that every single day, no matter how big or small the task is, your brand will really start to form around it. You know, it's very interesting, I agree 100% with this. When we I teach a, a class at Northwestern University on digital leadership, but one day is focused on personal branding. And as you know, Whitney, as a founder, your personal brand, if you're the founder of a company, then your personal brand also relates to your organizational brand. It's so imperative to kind of stay to that. So we spend a whole day just on personal branding. And even if you're not the founder, your personal brand you need to have influence within your organization. So all of us have that personal brand. It's a relatively new thing. Uh, I always say it's the modern day reputation, but reputations are huge. So personal brands are really important for all of us out there, especially if you're a founder, because your personal brand will then be reflected in the organizational brand. Now, if you're inside a company, your personal brand won't necessarily reflect that organizational brand, but your personal brand's very important because that's how you garner influence within and outside of of that organization. You have to be willing to be receptive to feedback. And usually the customer will give you the best feedback because they are not worried about hurting your feelings. And they are the ones that are actually troubleshooting in a very genuine way. And so early on throughout Bumble and still to this day, our customer drives the majority of the changes and innovations that we make. You know, very early on on Bumble, Women had to make the first move in 24 hours. However, 
for heterosexual matches, the man could respond whenever there was no time set. And this was a misstep on our part, but it was the customer base that told us and said, hey, this doesn't feel fair. This doesn't feel equitable please change this. And so we did immediately. And so that's just one very small example of how you have to be receptive to feedback and you have to listen. And the customer will be your greatest guiding light. They actually were the ones that set the stage for Bumble BFF early on. And we're really excited to see what they come up with next. Now, as a founder and CEO, there are a million opportunities you are being pulled into a million ideas, or as Mark Cuban will say, you can easily drown in a sea of opportunities. How does one stay the course? As a founder and as a CEO, it is on you uh, as an entrepreneur to be able to decipher what matters most. And so we've always really tried to make informed decisions for the mission, even if it meant sacrificing a huge growth opportunity or a short-term win, really saying, how do we stay the course for the long-term? How do we make the best decision for the customer in the long-term that will not impede on our mission and values in any way? Truly, people want to invest in authenticity and in a genuine mission. And so just always stay rooted to that and never uh, shift gears for what you might think someone wants to hear. Just stay very true to your brand. No, I love this. I love that. Now, our audience hears me shout that pioneers always get pushback, that you should have these naysayers. However, even if we know this is true, it, it's tough when people are saying your new ideas or even you personally are crazy. Now, I know you've experienced this on many different levels. How does one manage these, for lack of a better term, haters? How do you manage the naysayers, the haters? How do you manage that? 99% of it was an uphill battle. Uh, very few people early on believed in this, this mission. Um, it's interesting. Two of my biggest supporters were men, my business partner and my now husband. And then, of course, my core early team, my family. Outside of that, I was a crazy person, um, according to the internet. Um, according to most people I went to school with, um, that's good and that's healthy. If people are telling you that they don't believe in what you're doing, it means you're doing something out of their comfort zone. And generally, people don't want to be taken out of their comfort zone because it's outside of the status quo. And if you're doing anything disruptive and if you know it to be good and true and progressive, let the naysayers fuel you to work harder and to go faster and to sleep less. <laughs> well, take care of yourself. But I, I think that it's actually a really good sign if people are telling you it's not going to work because it means that it's something new, unique, and interesting. Now, somewhat somewhat related, you went through a pretty dark sexual harassment lawsuit, which you won against your former employer, Tinder. And during this dark time, you saw a lot of darkness out there, especially on social media. So you saw a lot of darkness in the world. And a lot of it was happening on social media and where women and men were mean to women. Women were mean to women and men were mean to women. So that kind of inspired you to move forward, didn't it? You think beyond yourself. You think right. about the other people that might be going through something similar. And if it was happening to me, it was happening to millions of other women right. and boys and men. Who knows who's being affected by this? It's something that's devastating to so many people. I mean, we're seeing, you know, huge increase in suicide rates because of social media and this need for validation and this, you know, awful um, kind of ripple effect that it causes. And so how do you pick yourself up in a dark moment? Listen, we're all going to have dark moments and people have had lot, a lot darker moments than I have. Everything is 
relative and I, I know how fortunate I am, but I think whenever you're feeling like it's the end, you have to remember somebody else. Many others are feeling that way. And how can you take something that breaks your heart and build a solution out of that? So I started thinking about this way we're all attacking one another online. And I, I started thinking, how could we, how could we solve this? And I started thinking about women and girls and the way women and girls are treated. And I said, okay, well, let's just make a female only social network, but they can only speak to one another with compliments. There will be no free flowing negative behavior. We're not going to focus on physical. We're not going to talk about how skinny someone looks or how pretty someone looks. We're going to talk about how much they add to this planet. They make you smile or they made your day, whatever it was. And so I started concepting and getting into process this, this app that would have been called Merci. Still sad that it, we don't have it, but we've kind of manifested it. We'll get there later in Bumble BFF. Um, but so that, that's why I started working on. And, you know, as life goes, um, I got an email out of the blue from my now business partner. And, and that email, that email is what eventually led to Bumble. You know, which, which values making sure that Bumble is a positive social media app, that the values of Bumble drive one of the few positive social media apps. Now talk to me about Connor. You know, the boy, that boy in short was incredibly mean and abusive to a girl digitally and why you, not only you, but your team took the risk to take a stand against not only Connor, but all the Connors of the world. You walk me through that. It's worth noting, every professional that we worked with at the time told us if we did that, they would not work with us anymore. They were like, this is the stupidest thing you're ever going to do. You're going to alienate your users. Why would you ever do this? And our small little band um, internally, we were such a small team at the time. And actually, the, the woman that just read the letter, that's Alex Williamson, and she wrote it. She's our chief brand officer. And so it was a labor of love in this like small unit of our early female team. And uh, you know, we were group texting one morning, and it was like, I don't know, Tuesday or something. And we sent through some of these screenshots that had been posted on Twitter. And it was the woman that Connor had abused and she had publicly, you know, posted his behavior. So we weren't invading anyone's privacy, but we all talked on this group text and we're like, we have to do something about this. Let's call her. Let's call his mom. I mean, we were going all extreme. Um, and we said, you know what, actually, no, let's use this as an, as a moment. Let's write him a letter. Let's write an open letter, not to Connor, not just to Connor, but to every Connor out there. Anyone that might want to behave like Connor, anyone that might feel like that's cool or expected. And you have to also think about this moment in time. Digital connection, it was going rampant in the abusive direction. And Bumble has been this incredible catalyst to kind of reverse engineer that. But so that was the thinking around Connor. And yeah, we had been told by several people, you cannot do this. Our firm will not represent you anymore. Blah, 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 whatever. And so that's why we, and you have to follow your values. Why would you go into business if you're not going to build a business to progress society or to do something differently or better or make the world a better place in some way, shape or form? And we truly believe, but I truly believe that every single person has been affected either directly or indirectly by a disempowered relation, abusive, uh, romantic relationship, a boss situation, coworker, friend, coach, teacher, whatever it is, disempowered relationships are toxic and they are genuinely an epidemic. It is an epidemic and people don't talk enough about the misogynistic epidemic that we all live within. And so if you're not going to push those values, even if it means risking everything, even if the company had I would have been able to sleep at night because we had done the right thing. And that's truly how I think every founder in this generation needs to operate. You cannot just do something to hopefully achieve the bottom line. And by the way, we're at a run rate of 200 million revenue. We did not hurt ourselves by doing that. Now, as we move forward, what are your final words you have to our listeners, not only for Bumble, but also just in general in life for success 
for success. What are your final final words of advice for our listeners out there? I would say it's our DNA, our values, our mission, our Northern Star. If our Northern Star is how do we end misogyny as a company, as a team, as a brand, as a movement, our user base can participate, right? What are the vehicles to do that? And those are our values. Kindness, accountability, which is so important. There's such a lack of accountability with the way people behave digitally and and in real life. Empowerment, equality. How can we live those values in everything we do? And when I say everything we do, it's almost obnoxious to a certain (laughs) point. People are kind of like really have to make sure that it checks all those boxes today. Um, You know, everything. How we respond to certain things, how we build our market strategy. I mean, everything we do is all about pushing that Northern Star. So we just announced we're going into Bumble Beauty. Why are we doing that? We want to reinvent the beauty market from a mental health perspective, from a perspective that encourages women to be empowered and confident, not disempowered in these archaic standards and norms. So every single thing we do is all about pushing our values, everything. And that is why we grow. That is our fuel because it's authentic, it's genuine. And my hope for anyone in the audience or beyond that is starting a business, running a business, you have to have a Northern Star and you have to make sure that that's what your team gets out of bed for every single day. Otherwise, it's just not enough anymore. Yeah, that's exactly right. Everyone needs that Northern Star, that true North. It's the second habit of digital leadership, that Northwestern class that I mentioned. One of the days we go over the five habits that digital leaders all have and it forms the acronym of STAMP. And that second letter is T and it's exactly that. It's T for true. So thank you, Whitney. Agree 100% that you need to have that true north. Again, that's Whitney Wolf Heard, the CEO and founder of Bumble and the youngest C female CEO to t- ever take a company public at the age of 31. So I know that I'll be cheering you on in the future, Whitney, and I know that our listeners will be as well. As for our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Super You podcast. It's the podcast designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that's within all of us. It's not possible without you tuning in to listen. Thank you for those amazing reviews, those five star reviews on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, or wherever you may be listening to the Super You Podcast. And it's not possible without our amazing team here. And that is driven by Jake Bryn, Maritza Gutierrez, and of course, the one and only Kelsey Gomez. So until next time, this is your host, Equal Man, reminding all of us, it's not what we take from the world, it is what we leave behind. And my hope is you have the courage to wear that cape. You are all superheroes. We're all superheroes. Make sure you put that cape on today. Seven. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. Super, 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 super you.